everyone. How are you? Welcome. Welcome, welcome to episode two of a three-part series that Unveil is doing. My name is Brace Harris. And I am Victoria Fenton. And we are... Unveil. All right, guys. So last week, um, we talked pretty in-depth about human design, Mm -hmm. um, what human design is, how it can apply to your life, um, and a little bit of education from Miss Victoria Fenton here, who is a master um, in the human design world, um, studied under Ra Ruhu, and extremely fascinating, like everything that we were uh, exposed to. And that was just the tip of the iceberg, which mm-hmm. is the the interesting part. Mm-hmm. There's so there's so much more that we could definitely get into. And for those of you who are able to kind of dive a little bit into that world after the podcast, uh, we salute you. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, welcome to the mad, mad circus that is uh, human design and, and all of its amazingness. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we are going to talk about gene keys. Mm. Uh, yes, I was you wanna, just going to say, I mean, if you've got here because you're interested in gene keys and you don't know anything about human design or human design has never grabbed you or you didn't think you wanted to know about human design, I would encourage going back and mm. listening to our last podcast yes. because the way human design has been presented in kind of modern social media is very surface level. We even had a conversation after we recorded where you were like, oh, it's just not landing. And I was like, well, there's just this bit that you're being taught currently. Most people are being taught by people who have only done one or two years within human design and so there can be a lot of confusion and a lot of particularly from Gene Keys world a lot of oh that doesn't translate to what I want to know it's a bit too sciencey for me it's a bit too mathematical it's a bit too calculated it's a bit too restrictive mm. I really would encourage you to go back and listen to the way I presented human design last week because it shouldn't be like that and so one of the benefits I have of being taught by the originators of both of these systems is that <sighs> The closer you are to source, the more pure the transmission. And, you know, human design was never meant to be restrictive, and um, it shouldn't be. It should be very, very personalized and unique and, and kind of magical in its own way. So Wonderful. Yeah. Yay. And just for all our YouTube watchers, people who actually watch us, physically on YouTube, you will notice that we're in the same place and wearing the same clothes. So I just want to highlight that we are recording this immediately after, well, immediately I picked up a delivery and got myself a cup of coffee, but relatively swiftly after the human design recording. And the reason I want to highlight that is because as I said at the end of the last recording, these two transmissions are like cousins, but they're very different. And I'd be interested if anyone can understand how differently I present this piece of information, this transmission, because it just would be interesting if people notice the difference in me. I know I feel different when I talk about Gene Keys versus human design. So, so yeah, just to peel back the kimono and reveal the inner workings of the <laughs> unveil kind of recording schedule. Mm. And we will do part three tomorrow. So we'll crack all these out. And part three is more of an integration. Yeah, and I want to really talk about how we use these two systems in coaching. So I want to explain for coaches or for people who are interested in coaching with us how I take what is incredibly very dense, you know, like systems and use them within coaching and it won't be what people expect it's not I do give people a human design reading I do tell them their design but very much within the coaching landscape particularly as we're transformational and trauma-informed coaches I use people getting triggered about receiving their design as a way to coach so it's interesting Mm. yeah lovely lovely but 
for today. Today. We are going into the Gene Keys. We are. Fascinating. Please, tell me. Gene Keys, what are they? What are they? Um, so, if you listen to the Human Design podcast, you'll know a bit about the 64 gates of the ancient I Ching. I'm going to try and duplicate some of the information so that people don't have to listen to both podcasts to get the, the gist. But essentially, the ancient I Ching is 64 explorations of archetypal energies inherent within the universe. So, in essence, the ancient I Ching used to be used much more as a contemplative practice of like what energies exist in this 64. And it's designed as a complete description of humanity and consciousness and life and everything in it. Um, it's impenetrable language though, I mean it's obviously the translations from Chinese are variable in their quality, um, but it's weird, like it's it's a bit Zen Koani, you have to kind of like look at it and contemplate it to actually work out what it's trying to tell you. Mm. So it reminds me. It reminds me of uh, what's the the book series with Lyra and the the little thing that she the little the alethiometer that she uses. Like it takes the priests from that world forever to actually interpret, but she can just do it. This is and this so is funny. like a transmission that she receives that she has a natural ability, which is kind of what happened with Richard. I would I would think ish, and also slightly me. So as I mentioned last time. Like, I look at a human design chart or a Gene Keys chart and we'll comment what they are, and it just is, it's actual words to me. It's not the hieroglyphics that it can look like to other mm-hmm. people. And this is so interesting, and just, again, I'm going to reveal Wait, some secrets. What's the show? What's the show? It's, well, it depends which country you were in, but I'm going to reveal some secrets because I don't think we've spoken about this, which is why it's so interesting. So, <laughs> so this is my favorite book series of all time. Yes. So the original was Northern Lights, which is where Lyra learns about the... But I think in the U.S. it was called The Golden Compass. The Golden Compass with yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer and... Oh, the film was terrible. Don't watch the film, people. It's awful. <laughs> no offense, Michelle. Um, oh, no, hang on. Um, so the TV series, the HBO TV series of Northern Lights, uh, his dark his materials, dark materials. Is so yeah. much better. The TV series is amazing. Don't watch the Golden Compass because that was with um, Nicole Kidman. Oh, was yeah. it not Michelle Pfeiffer? No, it was Nicole Kidman. Ah. Oh. We, we apologize to Michelle Pfeiffer too for thinking that your acting was as terrible as And Nicole, Nicole Kidman? No, I, I, yeah, whatever. But the, the film was horrible. But the interesting thing is that my company that I launched, that was I was going to launch just before moving to Africa, was called Alethea, based on the alethiometer. And my niece is called Lyra. So it's a huge thing in our family, this whole thing. But anyway, interesting. it's like you guys, see, you guys see how cool I am? Yeah, he's like super intuitive. <laughs> So yeah, anywho, um, and it's interesting that that's come up because the Gene Keys is much more of an energetic transmission that lives in the world as an energetic transmission, whereas human design was a transmission that's become a formula and a system. So human des- and it's so interesting that you tapped into your intuition, used the Lyra analogy, the lithiometer that I'm obsessed with. There's another story, which I'm not going to reveal on the podcast, but I will tell you afterwards because it is just so much in terms of that character really spoke to me. It was my, literally is my favorite myth story of all time. So yeah, Um, but part of the reason is because she has the ability to see behind the infrastructure of the world through the alethiometer. She's able to see these links. So the 64 gates of the ancient I Ching were updated to become the rave I Ching, which was essentially an intuitive feeling through the archetypes and then updating them into modern language and allowing us you know, humans to have a perspective on what all of the lines meant through the each gate, because each gate has six lines of a hexagram, originally a hexagram. So 
just just so I'm clear. So originally ancient I Ching, mm-hmm. then it was updated to and the now Ching. Yeah. to the Rave I Ching, and then Gene Keys came. Gene Keys is the next transmission. It's the same energetic archetypes. So it's building off of. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't think that Richard would say that he built off of the Rave I Ching because it's not like people are just taking translations and updating them. Right. Yeah. He 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 is not necessarily building, but he was given insight into the next step. Yeah. Got it. So in essence, Richard spent a long time studying human design. So it was part of his DNA that he understood these mm-hmm. concepts of these gates because it's difficult to explain this, but it's like what we're looking at here is behind the veil. Didn't mean to do that, guys, on Veil, yes. But we are behind the veil of what makes up humanity. So it's deeper than seeing things as they are. It's let's see things as what's behind, what's underneath, the energy infrastructure that's underneath. And so you can actually tune into that in very many different ways. And in Gene Keys, it's very much understanding the heart and the transmission of each Gene Key, of each contemplative miracle that is one key and essentially it's like let's take the alethiometer example it's a really good one so in the alethiometer she had a symbol that was the same symbol on the compass forever but there were so many layers deeper around interpreting that symbol so that's how she could ask any question and any answer would be given so those of you who don't know uh, (laughs) about uh, his dark materials the alethiometer is like this little golden compass (laughs) yeah it's a little golden compass that has all these gears and all this stuff and the gears and everything are connected to this almost physical manifestation of energy that's within the universe and the and that's how the universe god whatever speaks in in a way yeah and i i think the reason i love it so much is because i actually think that's exactly how life is so there's all the stuff that we can see and then there's all this his dark materials dark matter there's all the stuff that we can't see and we don't have any clue how it works and yeah and when you go back to the light that we were talking about last week it's very much there is something breathing beneath consciousness and through consciousness that gives people these awakenings that are the same at completely different times or means that when you take certain psychedelics everyone has similar visions it's because there's a fabric that connects us that is way deeper than the human consciousness can even access and it's a really good point to make because Gene Keys is an access point for that. Whereas human design is very much, who are you as a human? How you were designed to be? Uh-huh. Gene Keys goes, mm, yeah, we can do some sequences and we'll come on to that. And, and yeah, there's you personalized information. But realistically, these are access points to tap into the lifeblood that's behind the fabric of what makes up our reality. Wow. Yeah. So this is, So human design is more... The physical world, mm-hmm. would you say? And Gene Keys is more spiritual. Spiritual. It's how I describe it, yes. I mean, I'm sure there's nuance and there's detail, but I really feel that what's behind human design is exactly the same thing that's behind the Gene Keys, that kind of truth, vibration of okay. truth. But the way, the transmission of human design is empowering the human. Gene Keys empowers consciousness. Like humanness. Yes, humanness, and also the evolution of consciousness. So, mm. you know, and would you say that humanity is the main focus of that, or just a small piece of this universal? And when I say universal, I'm talking universe. Mm. This universal 
journey. So I believe that it's almost in Gene Keys is the place where the bridge is built. So yes, it's humans contemplating ancient archetypes and learning about themselves. Mm -hmm. But within the Gene Keys transmission, what people probably aren't aware of is there's something called the crystal alphabet. So each crystal is typed to a gene key, typed, you, there's crystals, there's minerals, there's totem animals for each gene key. So it's very much mapping reality on way more levels than just humans. Great. Because and it's the and energy archetypes. It's like what energy archetype in that landscape matches this vibration and it's vibrational. Yeah. So everything within here that we're talking about is vibrational. It's the frequency. It's what frequency is it vibrating at? Yeah, it's, it, it seems it's the big picture mm. of everything, mm-hmm. not just us. And it's, so, and it's so interesting. And I'm being reminded of a conversation that I had with a gentleman um, who studied religion a lot. Sure. And one of the most profound things he ever said that really not shook me, but was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about it like that, Mm. was he was like, when it comes to religion, man always wants to think that it's about him. Mm. And it's not. Mm. It has actually... He is a part of it, mm-hmm. but it is not about him and his, mm-hmm. you know, salvation mm-hmm. or or whatever. There's a much bigger thing that's going on mm-hmm. that man is not even allowed to really even see oh. in, as in a, in a while they're in a physical state. Sure, <clears throat> because one, they would never understand it. Yeah, and two, it it's not necessary yeah. for them to understand. So it's it's super interesting that Gene Keys. Um, is one way to help us understand what this bigger, more massive plan is right. and how we get to work in and with and, and through for, and, and for, for it. it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's I love that you're sharing this because when I look into the sequences, which we'll come on to, sometimes, and again, skipping out to episode three, people get triggered by the things that it shares because... One of the sequences is all about the wound that you're here to carry as a human being. Right. And I think the thing about human consciousness, not consciousness, human Con- awareness, yeah. Yeah. is because we can talk about it to one another, we think we're the most important thing. Because we can reflect on it. It's this thing called self-reflected consciousness. And it really does stand human beings apart from the animal kingdom. We have the ability for self-reflected consciousness. Yes. But it actually is the thing that makes human design necessary. Because the more that we can think about things, the more we complicate things, the more we navel gaze, the more we stress, the more the more kind of concept we have of other people. So human design is actually a system that brings people back to themselves and says, you are always born to be over here, go do it this way and you'll flow better. And it's like, it's everybody our, likes better flow. Right. But it like human design wouldn't be necessary if humans couldn't actually talk to one another to confuse themselves and get totally distracted. Like we are, <laughs> yes, we are the most evolved, but we're also the most fuck upable of species. Like yes. We're all wandering around concerned about other people, not like in the animal kingdom when they're kind of just doing their thing. So for me, the bridges are really interesting because both systems are super important because of how distracted human beings can get. But I also believe that Richard could not, obviously Richard could not have got gene keys without human design being in place because you needed people who were, because obviously a lot of the original gene keys people were human design because they just crossed over because Richard 
did t- taught human design was Ra- Ra's friend very in the world and then got a transmission in 2004 and so for the first courses that I was on with him it was the human design people like the crowd was the same because like it was you just cross over and now it's a totally different thing and now so many people who are in the jinkies world have no awareness of the genesis of where this started which was an immersion for richard in the complexities of human design and Mm. i believe that for him he used human design to get really clean as a human and then was a vessel that could accept the next layer of transmission got it (laughs) and when you say transmission Mm -hmm. Is it just like a massive intuitive hit? Is so you'll hear these stories about transmissions in lots of ancient things. Right, yeah. Both Ra and Richard had huge experiences with it. Ra's lasted about a week, I think, um, where he, but he emerged from that week with pages and pages of actually the written down Ray by Ching, the updated, the, the charts, the everything. He, like, the, it's like a, out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. had within a human body. Richard, from his stories, um, had a lot of very weird things happen over the course of a few days during the Venus transit across the sun in 2004. He was on the way back um, on the train from Edinburgh down south and actually just started to watch his consciousness expand. And then it's almost like accessing this knowledge that you have no idea how you know it. But his, again, was very physical. He's mm-hmm. got a physical wound, though, like I have, so and we'll come on to that. But it was a very physical experience, lots of very strange physical phenomena, which landed as one big kind of, oh, this is another thing. And I think he saw the evolution of the 64. He also saw the layout of the fractal geometry nature of the hologenetic profile, which we'll get onto. Yeah. Um, but when these transmissions are received, they aren't, they can be complete technologies, but actually how to then get them into the world is ridiculously difficult. Well, I was going to say, like, just knowing what little I know about human design and gene keys, they're so complex. Mm-hmm. Like, even a genius would literally have to spend a lifetime designing it if it if it wasn't if it, a transmission if yeah. it wasn't like yeah seriously like boom somebody smacked me in the head with yes. just an understanding yes. of something much deeper than myself yeah and i think the beauty of something like um human design is ra evolved his teaching of it over time and he initially wasn't going to teach it he initially had loads of thoughts but i watched him evolve the levels and layers of which he taught because Teachers are driven by their students' appetites. So as the students around Ra were going, oh my God, teach me more about this bit and what about this bit, he felt he needed to deliver the courses. Richard is a... He's a he's a poet. He's an English major. He's a... Yeah, I, like I've listened to a couple of his just musings on each of the, the gene keys. Yes. And they're lovely. Like, yes. and it's so grounded and honest yes. and just kind of feels like it's very much free free flowing and it's it is but it's like on a flow of a, a consciousness that's flowing through him he's very much he's lived within these gene keys for so long and bear in mind so i hadn't met richard by the time he got this transmission my mum had i mm. hadn't um but it was in the summer of 2004 that I was already ill by this point. I got ill in 2003. And it was in the summer of 2004 that my mum and I travelled down to 
Oxford, which is where Richard lived at the time, on my 18th birthday. And I had the first ever, what is now known as the Venus Sequence reading. One of the first. I mean, I'm sure he'd given it to his family and stuff like that. But I was one of the first people that he'd never met. And he gave me my Venus Sequence, which we'll come on to what that is. But I have watched since 2004 the evolution of this transmission. So these things don't just come in and it's a truth forever. Human design, a bit more so. But Gene Keys has evolved. Certain gates have changed name, changed frequency. He's rewritten descriptions sometimes. Um, the Venus sequence itself is totally different to how it was when we first saw it. And all of that is like the evolution of this transmission as it meets humanity. And so all of these things come in as a massive intuitive download that the receiver has to then get into consciousness in some way and translate. And Richard has done an impressive job because now his retreats, online retreats and stuff like that, get 2,000 participants, which is a lot. I still remember when we went to, I'm pretty sure it was Newcastle, and there was like 50 people around a table or something. It was nothing. And our first retreat in Somerset, I, I, if there were 50 people, you'd be pushing it. Like it, there was tiny groups of people gathering around this transmission. And then eventually, ultimately, over the time, my mum and I actually moved down to Devon, which is where he'd moved to, and we became part of the little tiny community down there, a couple of whom are still in the Gene Keys um, programme. Anton is still there, I know that for a fact. Um, and people, if they're into Gene Keys, will have seen him crop up on a, some webinars and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and we literally went round to a friend of ours house and contemplated love, because the, the heart of the Gene Keys transmission is love. So just contemplating how to how to move with these words and this energy and this frequency. Okay. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> now, help us yes. understand. So we know the Gene Keys transmission uh, insight into a much bigger yeah. uh, pathway forward. Yeah. Um, what are like? Give us an example so we can kind of understand how it's set up. Like what and how to use it. I think is the interesting thing because it's like human design is very obvious. You learn your design and you go and experiment with your strategy and your authority. Right. Gene Keys is so much more ephemeral and it's very difficult to understand how to interface with the transmission. And there's actually a couple of ways to do it. You can literally just buy the book and use it as a contemplation of humanity and if so you, like philosophy like a yeah, philosophy exactly like that got it. and the, i mean you've got the book like if you read just take one gene key and read it it's like a whole download on you know that specific energy and how it shows oh, up yeah. in the world i mean and just to give an example of like, I think it was the 22nd that I was listening to. Which is a book in and of itself, if you read it. And it, it, he was talking just about grace mm -hmm. and what grace is and what it truly means mm -hmm. and how to live in grace and be gracious not only toward yourself, mm -hmm. but toward others and, and what what that means from the Jinkies perspective. And it was a, a beautiful musing on life. So there's tons of beauty in all in all is it 64, 64. Mm -hmm. yeah all 64 gene and you don't keys. need to have the gene key in your chart you don't need to know if you have it you can just use it as a way to access um understanding consciousness global consciousness in a different way and i think it's really important to make it clear that the foundation of the gene keys is something called the spectrum of consciousness so we're back at vibrational frequency here and it's all very words. It's very kind of 
wordy, um, but the words carry vibration. And so the essence of the 64 gene keys is that each gene key has three words, three vibrational layers upon which it exists. And it's not one is better than the other. It's much more that there are shadows, which are darker words. They're very much heavier words and heavier expressions of that archetype in humanity. Mm. Then there's the gifts, and those gifts are the middle, and they they evolve out of the shadows. The very core spiritual teaching of the shadows hold the gifts, and the gifts are within the shadows, but this is what it's talking about. So it's actually saying, okay, so that energetic archetype, when it shows up in a gift frequency, when it shows up at a frequency that is in service to the whole, this is how it looks. And then there is the layer above, which is the Siddic or the Siddhi, um, so the Siddic state. And that's very much more that that archetype's ultimate expression as it could and might show up in the world. And at that point, we're not really on human beings. We're on awakened masters demonstrating these frequencies. Mm. But you mentioned the... 22 it's a very big one that people try to get their head around it's a beautiful gate it's a beautiful gene key and i will use gate and key alternately because i'll I'll explain why in a minute but it's a beautiful transmission within that and the shadow is dishonor the gift is graciousness and the ultimate expression is grace and that's just a beautiful example of actually within dishonor is that kind of not showing up within the true peacefulness that you can in your in your humanity is to dishonor your own in, incarnation that's what that means mm-hmm. and that's the shadow expression and sometimes you have to move through the shadow not honoring your frequency and then you get to what is known as graciousness it's this kind of like it's a flow, it's an easefulness within your humanity. And you can see how I'm describing it. It's the same energy. It's the same how do we show up in the universe? It's in the you know, it's the charm school in, in um, human design. Because it's the same same archetypes, we're just looking at it from a different lens. And so and the twenty-two is really important for you in your design. It's important in my design as well. Um, and it's that we have had to dishonor ourselves in our lives and move through that getting through the dishonoring like not showing up as ourselves our whole honesty podcast was literally talking about how you dishonor your innateness versus stepping into graciousness which is just truth mm-hmm. and ultimately grace you know the grace of just being um and so that spectrum that progression from shadow to gift to city exists in every single one of the 64 gene keys so is the goal as someone who would follow Gene Keys is to understand where the dishonor mm-hmm. would come from mm-hmm. or the shadow, mm-hmm. like whatever the shadow is for that specific Gene Key, mm-hmm. understand what the gift of that shadow is mm-hmm. and then transition away from the shadow into the the light, the city, the... And I love that you asked this because that's a very human question to ask of a very energetic transmission because everyone thinks that's the goal. I should be not in shadow, I should be in gift frequency. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, we need to reach nirvana, we need to let go of all of this other stuff in order to get here. Yeah. And there really is yeah. no goal for jinkies. There's no point. There's just contemplation. Mm. So if you've got... So I love it. Yeah. And so is it is it fair to say that Gene Keys is a beautiful philosophy? It's a beautiful, yes, I, I like that. I also believe there is point behind some of the frequency transmissions that you can get through. And we'll talk about that in terms of the sequences. Yeah. But the goal certainly isn't for you to live from gift consciousness all the time. It's more to become aware of the resonant frequency of shadow and how that moves to gift and to contemplate. So you can never escape your shadow. Oh, exactly. Why would you want to? 
But we did this before. That without know. the darkness, there is no light. Without the shadow, so, there is no yeah, gift. Yeah. yeah. So there is, and the thing is, the the gift isn't over there, and the shadow's here. Mm-hmm. The gift is an emergent property out of being in the shadow. That's the bit that people miss when it's like. It's not, oh, I have to go through the darkness to get to the light. It's like the darkness is part of the light. The shadow is part of the gift. It Mm. has to be because it's literally, you can see it as a through line. And one without the other, there is nothing. Exactly, because the archetype is is there. So the 22 exists. It's just I'm looking at it from this frequency and this frequency and this frequency. If you take out one of the frequencies, you're just blinding yourself to one part of the same archetype. And I also kind of want to point out and this is something that's occurring to me now mm-hmm. it's like you know you've heard this the expression you you never know the sweet without the sour yeah. or the sour without the sweet mm-hmm. and it's like everyone's i think natural uh move is i want to be in the sweet and it's like the sour is just as important mm-hmm. because it is essential Yes, and it. I love that because it's not essential because it allows you to experience the sweet when it happens because of the contrast. Right, it's essential because the. Sorry, I totally no, interrupted, no, no, but like the journey, the journey, back and forth, and the knowledge that's attained mm-hmm. in them because you because of our human experience, we can't attain the knowledge mm-hmm. without both. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because in the both lies the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. Don't get me wrong, this is not really selling gene keys because it's like, oh, well, I'm always going to have the shadow. What's the point? But you, the experience I yeah. have with gene keys is that people soften deeply hmm. by having this in their lives. And by soften, you mean forgiveness for themselves? Does that? Yeah. Forgiveness for others, forgiveness for the way life is designed? It's I don't know. It's really difficult to put into words, but I actually feel like just being around this transmission, it's a transmission of love. So you're actually volunteering to surround yourself with the frequency of love. Okay. I love this. Uh-huh. And love uh-huh. itself. Because, again, we always tend to think of love as this... Benevolent force. This, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this lovely thing. Yeah. And it's so interesting because now I'm thinking about, you know, I grew up in the church, but like sure. the... You know, in the beginning, we have, you know, Adam and Eve and God says, do not eat from the tree of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Don't eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge Mm -hmm. because then you will experience everything that God knows. Mm -hmm. And he knows that the shadow and the light Mm -hmm. must exist simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he was protecting man Mm. from something that they either hmm and i'm just literally philosophizing here um well and it's interesting as well because this is the theme of um northern lights it's it's uh, and the historic materials thing the thing is that and it's the same thing in different areas so lyra through that series is coming of age where uh, she's about to lose her innocence and what they have in, in yeah. Northern Lights and in, in that trilogy is dust, which is the, the particle that connects everyone. Right. But they say that children lose... The dust. No, dust doesn't cling to children, that's it. The dust doesn't oh, isn't attractive, okay. so it's the dust that like dusts, it, it clogs up adults. Um, so the, the this acquisition of knowledge is exactly what I was saying before. It's just, it's just like this kind of... 
truth and love and all of these words, they're just the words that we put, and by we I mean in the spiritual community, put on that ephemeral thing that we're trying to describe, which is the fabric that connects us all. So a lot of people use the word love because it feels all-encompassing and it Mm -hmm. feels just so unifying. Um, but it can it has conflicts with people. People are like, but love means this in terms of relationships and stuff like that. By love, I mean the vibrational word love. That just say it cleanly with that love frequency. Other people use God as as the same thing, not as an entity or as a depicted kind of entity mm. or a creator or anything, but as this kind of unification landscape where we are just a part of the evolution of everything that exists. And I personally have the belief that humanity is a a a chapter in the evolution of the consciousness which is much more of a totality and a whole an important chapter but we're just a chapter and it's like gene keys and all of these systems they have the capacity to change your experience whilst you're in this universe because for me gene keys is the thing that access points me to really seeing the archetypes i shared it in an instagram post the other day you've got various sequences which we'll talk about in a second but actually just looking at the 64 and contemplating okay these are the energetic archetypes that lie behind everything that exists in this reality it gives you a totally different way to move through reality and we've spoken about it before but i see things in archetypes much more than I see things in real terms. Like when we were doing our course, there's like a um, an energetic thing that happened, which I was like, no, no, this is messing with the archetype of master novice that exists in the whole kind of, this is the way life has to be because it's the way consciousness is constructed. And that is an interesting thing to allow yourself to get your energy body around. And when we say contemplate, it isn't sitting and thinking about it. It's letting it live inside you as a transmission and feel where it takes you. Awesome. Let's give you some practical though, because we've gone very out into the meta and you can see <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. why this is, why people don't see this as connected to human design. But if you listen to our human design podcast, you will have heard me talk about the data sets of the time that you were born and the time 88 degrees of the ephemeris or three months approximately before you were born. The reason Gene Keys connects so closely to human di- design is because it uses exactly the same information. <laughs> like it's the same chart. So I can read someone's Gene Keys off a human design chart um, because it's the same information it's where were the planets in the gate structure um, gate gene key same thing so it's the same data what gene keys does is completely takes the body graph away it's not interested in what energies are you here to have strong in your life it's interested in the key points within someone's what is known as hologenetic profile that's the gene keys terminology and it isn't just the black stuff and it isn't just the gates that you know is important it takes the energetic archetype of the planet that is talked about and actually has sequences that move through it but it's important to stress that these sequences it makes it sound very structured it's like oh one step two step three step four step and kind of it is like that but each step unlocks part of your innate awareness about all of the other steps so you can do the sequences out of order you can do the sequences you can just contemplate one of your keys if you like but this is how gene keys is personalized and it takes it out of being this kind of existential philosophy and it brings it much more into your world and i personally believe the core foundation of the gene keys maybe it's just because it's the way i experienced it but i believe that the core part of the transmission that has the most i was gonna say the most value and i think i kind of mean that is the venus sequence So 
let's just walk you through the three sequences and then I'll talk a bit more about Venus because I think it's most important. Great. So the first sequence that you kind of get exposed to, um, basically because you can download your free hologenetic profile and get this sequence, is the activation sequence. It is a good place to start, particularly if you don't know human design, because I mentioned it last time, and there's a post on our Instagram as well, but the, no, it's on my Instagram actually, but the um, activation sequence is the top four gates of your human design chart. So it's the sun and the earth, in the conscious black stuff and in the unconscious red stuff. It won't look at all like that in your hologenetic profile. They actually put it at the four corners. Find yourself a hologenetic profile. I'll try to pop one in the show notes, a link to one, just because it's a visual thing. Um, But essentially the activation sequence is dealing with what is known as the incarnation cross in human design. It's 75% of who you are in human design. It's also really important in gene keys because it's your main strengths and gifts. So within gene keys, we're looking at the key itself, Within the activation sequence, we're not really looking at the line, which is the little number that you would get in human design. We're looking really at the key because essentially what it's saying is what is your life's work? And that's for human design people, that's the personality sun. Your evolution, which is the personality earth. Mm -hmm. Your inner radiance, which is the design, so the unconscious sun. And then your life's purpose, which is the unconscious earth. And so effectively, think of this not in terms of the terminology that I'm using, but the meaning behind it. So life's work is how your sun shines. It's literally what you're doing, how your sun shines on a daily basis. Evolution is what grounds you, what what is going to ground you in this universe. The inner radiance is how your inner light shines, that design, that, you know, how am I innately supposed to just manifest light and then the life's purpose is what grounds your body so that's why all of this makes sense and that's why someone like me can take all of these kind of archetypes and actually put them into a line for people that makes it a less sort of daunting experience to go through your gene keys and get these four gates and you're just like what does this even mean um and no there are no job descriptions in life's work it's not the job you do it's the work that you're here to do in this life and also for people who listen to our purpose podcast you can't cheat you can't cheat and just go to gene keys and get your oh this is my life's purpose because it's this is not practical information it's energetic transmission so to really work with your activation sequence i recommend getting the four and then feeling into the book and actually understanding the shadows because each uh, key within the gene keys book the big gene keys book takes you through the shadows and how it shows up in humanity it's a real this is how this dark energy is showing up in humanity and say where is that showing up for me and how can i access point that to move me towards the gifts so yeah that's the activation sequence and by dark you're not meaning bad no just heavy yeah honestly think about this in terms of like energetic frequency like the dark stuff is heavy it's dense it's it's vibrating at a slower rate, so it is denser, just mm. by, by its very nature. And then the lighter stuff is vibrating faster. It's just, you know, it, it feels better to be around. Let's not, like, sugarcoat it and try and be... Well, I mean, just in, you know, frequencies, you know, they, they talk about, you know, white noises, shh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then, like, a brown noise is more like shh, yeah. so... Yeah, and it's, you know, this stuff is... It is more difficult to explain because it isn't, it doesn't match our linear way of thinking a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. but it is instinctive. When you say it to someone, they get it because it's like, you know, the dark stuff feels heavy. You know, when you're having a bad day or you're in a bad mood, everything just feels denser. Mm -hmm. 
exactly the same thing within the jinkies and it's not that you have to cling on to being in the light all the time it's just that you can use the shadows to actually understand how your gifts are being suffocated a little bit and move it slightly more predominantly into living from gifts because it's always better to show up in the universe being a nicer person basically yes <laughs> you know yes um and don't get hung up on the city particularly for the activation sequence because it is a bit out there and it's a bit like oh I don't know really how that's going to manifest in my life but um, that's not the point it's not the point it's just immerse yourself in when the you're there you'll know <laughs> good luck I don't think no, acidic states are not for human beings what are they for? ascended masters which are? human beings who become ascended masters so but the whole point of when you get to the city uh-huh. it's like nothing's there so I would almost argue that if, if somebody's listening to this in a Jesus-Cidic state, it's not that person. That, I they mean, don't need to listen the, to this podcast, probably. <laughs> True. Yeah, well, <laughs> we might be the ingredients that get somebody to Ooh, enter Cidic state. Mm, interesting. Right. <laughs> but then they'll be like, okay, I'm good. Click. Nothing's there. That's the thing. All of the cities are the same because there's a, just this emptiness. There's this nothingness. There's this... You When you're there, you've accessed conscious connection and love it's almost like so again i'm talking about psychedelics but when you take five meo meo dmt you enter the god state of consciousness i think that is probably very acidic like well you it's not like you suddenly know that oneness is everything it's that you physically experience oneness is everything the thing that with five meo dmt is it lasts like i think 10 minutes or something like that whereas with the acidic state you can't come back from that. There's no, I'll just pop up to enlightenment and come back down to humanity. Is so? Is that attainable for human beings? I think people would say yes, but incredibly rare instances. You're you're talking people who. Do we know of? No, I don't. Know anyone? Yet. No, no. But it's more you sort of check out of humanity at that point. Hmm. Even people like Ram Dass were not. I wouldn't describe them as being completely within acidic state. Unless, because that, that, it's just, it's not human. It's the thing. It's the, so, like, we're living a human existence. I Would you say that our physical body limits, limits us from us being able to attain that? Potentially. And you'll often find that the enlightened spiritual masters that are getting to these frequencies have real physical problems. Ram Dass is a good example. Um, because the density of incarnation doesn't compute with the vibration of Siddhi just doesn't interesting Mm. but when I say we might be an ingredient I seriously believe that everything that we put into the universe every human being energetically is influencing the evolution of the whole all of it like the thought you have about the passing person who just flipped you off in the road rage incident like that thought that you have where you're like really frustrated impacts everything and I think that that's what changes your movement through the universe when you get into something like jinkies because you become so aware of the energy and the way you show up and the impact it's having because we're all connected we're all one we're all the same thing this is just an illusion of separateness um and you know if i'm you know swearing at the person in the in the traffic you're swearing at you're yourself swearing at yourself and you're sending an energy to you that is really negative and heavy and this is where i think that this it's interesting because sometimes when people meet me, they think that I'm a little bit cold and guarded. We had this conversation yesterday. And it's like... You are. You're terrible. I'm oh, my hard. God. <laughs> but I'm so not because I'm not 
I'm not just some benevolent person who loves everybody. I love myself. I therefore love everybody and therefore I... And it just changes the way you move through the world because mm. you can't... You can have human negative thoughts, most definitely, but you will always catch them and go, Phew, okay, it's just you. It's just you're, you're now actually judging yourself, criticising yourself, hating on yourself. And such a, such a waste of energy. Such a waste of energy. That got very meta. I apologise, people, but... Why? <laughs> I, lo- I love the, the deep philosophical conversations. And, it, and it, it's, it's so interesting. And this kind of goes back to my kind of Adam and Eve uh, mm. thing. Not that I believe that there was a garden and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, who Who's knows? Who's to know? Mm. Yeah, like, really, who is yeah. to know? Um, well, and actually, it's a super interesting point. Because but it's, a, it's an... Carry on. Sorry. sorry. No, well, it's an amazing story because as soon as they ate of the fruit... Ate of the fruit. Like, they realized their phys- they almost became aware of their physical bodies even more so than they were before. And it's not so much a... I don't know, bad thing. I mean, we interpret it as bad and good. They noticed that they were naked and they were ashamed. And it's like, okay, interesting. Where did the shame come? It's like I can really get into if, if and when that actually happened. Like, where's the shame coming from? What is what is? And I love this because this is myths, and I'm a big believer. It's part of my jinkies, actually. But I'm a big believer. It's part of yours in people's myths and the myths that we tell and the stories. And Uh I personally believe, like you were saying, was there a garden, was there anything? I genuinely believe that, depending on what terminology you want to use, God, I mean, why would you put a tree there and tell people not to eat from it? They're gonna eat from it. Like, it's just basics. So it's almost like that's the moment where God was like, yes, I'm going to create humanity to go through an experience and a process in which they have right. to. And this is the story I am using to try to, to help tell this tell story. story. Yes. And I love the way it was Eve's fault and all that kind of stuff. It's interesting because I believe that some of that has to do with the way Bibles were written and the men and the patriarchy and all the early right. stuff. Right, because it was influenced. Right, but by I, human beings who are it, flawed, flawed through and through. Ultimately, yes, and yet the same myths keep coming back. Somehow, humanity quote fell from grace. Yes, grace. Yes. Uh-huh. Realistically, did we fall? Or were we sent so that we could experience this to evolve something? Because that's the whole thing about. God consciousness when you're thinking about it God can't know himself without experiencing it himself and therefore what can experience it has to be humanity and creation everything that was created to go through the experience right which is also interesting because one of the things I mean with the Christ figure Jesus um, which is the 22nd gate by the way the 22nd GT oh wow yeah. is you know, uh, in my mind, this is the way I think about it in this little story. It's like, you know, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one, but yet separate at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like mankind is running amok, amok, amok. And, you know, it's like, well, we've warred them, we've plagued them, we've drowned them, we've done all these things, we've, you know, been loving. And it's like, what? Why won't they be obedient? Why do they continue to go against go against their own best interests? And then you have the figure of the son, and he's like, "Well, how can we 
teach obedience when we are omnipotent and have never had to be obedient to anything. So allow me to go. Hmm. And be the ultimate example of obedience Mm -hmm. and to learn that lesson for me, us, mm, mm-hmm. the three, and the whole, and and the and the whole, and mm. and sacrifice everything, and then I even get to the point where it's like, why was a sacrifice necessary? And forgive me if there are those of you out there who who understand this and have studied it, but just coming from you know a Christian background, which you know I am a believer in, but I have my own. Mm. way that I see how everything has been written and designed and mm. you know I, anyway and, but and I, but there's a very powerful message and there are all these parallels that I continue to see in all these amazing disciplines and that's the thing about something like Gene Keys it shows us where these religions actually come from in the archetypes because everybody needs to hear a different message because we're all designed differently we all have different stuff so Everyone's like, why don't we just have one religion? I'm like, no, no, we need the different messages. And the thing about when I say Christ consciousness is the 22nd gene key, it is. It's written within the 22nd, but it's actually all about forgiveness, Christ. Grace. Because he yeah. was, Christ was forgiving humanity for their sins. That's what Christ represented. And so there's, there's thought to be three big incarnations. There was Krishna, there was Christ, and then there's the incarnation of the Divine Mother. Yes. Now, the Divine Mother is thought to be a collective, much more than a single human. Mm-hmm. And so I firmly believe that there is a, a purpose for the Gene Keys transmission, which is to create the synarchy, which allows for the Divine Mother consciousness to creep into humanity. And I believe that we're seeing it at this moment in time with the divisiveness and, you know, certain transgender things and feminism, all of these things which are showing us that the masculine feminine archetypes are being questioned and exposed and, you know, put under examination. And it's all coming to this divine feminine. And that's not women, by the way. Men can manifest the divine feminine as well. It's much more um, the feminine energy um, of grace but also of other things and it's not to rescue humanity it's just to take it on the next step to, and it's all part it's all kind of like written into these transmissions what's going to happen and when and how and it's very interesting so yes you can take this as like what's my life's work um but ultimately the transmissions that we're talking about within gene keys are here to demonstrate that we are just bit players in the massive evolution of consciousness that we are walking through as was christ but an important one Mm. because he carried an energy of uh phase shift for the human consciousness Um, shall i get back to the practical (laughs) yeah yeah we yes i want to talk about the venus sequence Please. Because it is the most valuable tool that's easily accessible for um, anyone. And it's the main thing that I use with my clients because the Venus sequence is written deeper in your human design. It's actually, if you're thinking human design, we're around Mars and Venus, obviously, Venus sequence. Um, But the, the Venus sequence describes and depicts the core wounding that you were here to incarnate with at the point as you separated from consciousness, the whole, the oneness. 
um, the the way the gene keys is laid out is the descriptor of carrying a core wounding because we are separate from our innateness and our god-like status Mm -hmm. and it is a grief for humanity to incarnate into form feels like a fall from grace like it's why it does We're, we're denser we're but it is um described in the gene keys that as we incarnate we all incarnate with a core wound that we are here to work on basically for our lifetime but it crops up in relationship so when you're in trauma-informed coaching world and you hear the words like oh i was triggered and all this that and the other it's like the gene keys gives me the ability as a coach to map somebody's exact trigger process and the pain that they are being triggered because of so you can read the core wounding that you have that central point of pain and this is where we use the lines a bit more than we use the gates. So we, there's six core vibrational patterns to wounding, and it's kind of a different place that it occurs. Um, but you can actually start contemplating that from the perspective of this is the this is the wound that I'm trying to protect my entire life. This is the thing that comes up when I'm in like in communication with people. Um, but there is a yes. Would you use me as an example? Because you you know my my stuff. Yes. I, do I know your stuff off by heart? I'll use me as an example because I'm much more familiar with okay, mine, if that's yeah, okay. Okay, because I, I feel like that, the, that helps me example. learn, yeah. Isn't your wound the 22? Yes. Right. We'll use you as the example then. Mm. And it's a sixth line, am I right in saying that? Yes. Yes. Okay, so... It's interesting because we've spoken about religion more on this podcast. I and mean, we, we, we planned this and we were going to do practical stuff, but it's so interesting because... This 22 for you, that dishonor, it's not only your, uh, the pattern that you will easily fall into because it's so core for you, but it is also the thing that you will obsess about and become really kind of need to fix in your life. Mm. And we've had this conversation about, so dishonoring, just to be super clear on the way I'm using it, it's not being true to yourself. In this instance, that's how it manifests. Now, the lines of the wounding demonstrate what hurts basically so a first line is very physical it's like it's a physiological thing that happens my wound is physical yeah and you might you will know my history that's why everything and we joke i joke with my family and i've joked with you everything i do is so damn literal like it's very literal and that's part of having a physical wound like you're I, my environment in human design is valleys and I casually ended up in LA in the valley it's like it's just those kind of little things mm-hmm. and that's just a me thing it happens everywhere in my life it's crazy but that's part of having a physical wound the second line if you've got a second line wound it's very much about not being natural it's not about you're kind of not aware of your own innate nature and you can very much be in denial about things so not really being aware of what's kind of happening um third line is it's a playful line um but it can just run away it's like always avoidant basically is the way to think about it so this think about this in terms of how you get when you are triggered fourth line is very much about walls it's putting walls up and um just not acknowledging anything and it's funny when you talk to a fourth line wound person because they can't see the wall that they don't have any i don't have any walls walls. (laughs) and then the fifth line is very much um you become very kind of telling everyone else how it should be like no but you're wrong you're wrong no it's a you problem it's a you problem and a sixth line justice connects it separates it can't 
attach it can't connect it just doesn't so much run away that's a very third line thing but it very much just almost separates itself and so from for you this whole kind of dishonor thing it's like when you're not being true to yourself you almost can't connect to humanity to other people you protect yourself by stepping away but not physically often just energetically so you're not really in the thing so when like if you're in something and not fully committed to it or not fully you know feeling like your input is valid or all of the things where you're just like yeah i'm here but i'm phoning it in that's probably you in a triggered slightly wounded state it's Mm -hmm. not you showing up fully got it and the trick for all of these wound sequences is there is a healing frequency so there's you know the thing about um a sixth line is that you need to just reconnect 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 recommit come back in and so for you i think the journaling process that we spoke about last week is very interesting because that's your way of going okay i know i've gone somewhere let's bring it back let me connect who am i and it's coming back to that graciousness of living within your flow and it's every time that i journal that i have massive Hmm. breakthroughs Hmm. And I rarely journal, but when I do, it's it's like, what? Mm. Mm. And the thing about the bigger sequence, and I don't have yours up so we can't do it, is that you can see the trigger point. So where you get triggered, what you then do, how you close down your heart, how you close down your head, and how you close down your like spirit, Mm. your essence. But the core wounding for you is always worth contemplating. And I think it's interesting that we did spend some time talking about Christ consciousness, because it is your core wound. It hurts you. There is some part of that Christ story that you carry grief about. And that is just part of your design, because it's like some part of this and you almost went there and you didn't quite go into explaining it but it's like why did christ have to sacrifice why was that even necessary it's like this myth really is at the core of your dna because it's written into your wound mm-hmm. so just to give people mine as well just to give people a bit of a, a different example so my wound is the 54 and it's the 54 one now i is yes. it are we still talking about venus yes okay cool I yeah. just want to make sure. Yeah. Cool, thank wound. you. So wound and Venus, I, yeah, I mean, the Venus sequence has migrated and now it begins at the life purpose and heads back through moon attraction and all that kind of jazz because you can read it in relationships, but I find it much more valuable to contemplate me. Mm-hmm. And when I say I do things literally, like anyone who knows my story and, you know, go back to early episodes and all my digestive problems. So the word for my um, wound is appetite <laughs> and greed. It's all mm. about, it's all about, how you uh, want things and and nourished by humanity basically and by the life that is lived it's also the marrying maiden which means you know sleeping your way up the career ladder and all that kind of stuff and it's interesting that I have not necessarily slept my way up the career ladder let's just be clear and put that one out there but I I have very much tried to marry my businesses to other people I've worked in clinics to try and have and I've depended on them and this with you is the first time that I've yeah I was gonna ask what has shifted do you think and what has that experience been for you so I think what shifted was the big revelations that I had last year in terms of really understanding the wounding that I had physically, the traumas that I'd been through and actually owning those and actually owning those in a way that meant that I could reclaim my appetite. Mm. And there's a huge thing about doing this Lux Mastermind that I'm doing the retreat that's this year. It's like stepping into my, actually, I want to change the world. 
Like I'm, I've mm. not said that for a long, long time. And I was given some powerful information in my Venus sequence reading with Richard about me when I was 18. And I was way too inexperienced and unaware. And I genuinely believe it has taken the last, effectively, how many years is that? You know, I should work that one out. But it is like, it's taken that long for me to learn what I needed to learn to step into what we're doing within Unveil. Um, and within Unveil, and we were speaking about it yesterday or the day before, it's like every time I got to a point where I thought I'm fixed, I kind of went out into the world and was like, yeah, I'll do this thing. And then it was like, oh, no, by the way, just go back because you need, you need to learn something else. And what I believe we're doing within Unveil, particularly within our premier coaching, is building a complete human healing packages for people where absolutely everything that they need is founded on my experience because I had to like keep falling to find human design jinkies and these systems were there at the beginning and they didn't save me I needed medicine nutrition um, genetics mm. um, you know the biohacking stuff I needed to understand human physiology yeah. as deeply as I understand human design and jinkies and that's what we can offer people in what we're building and and they're like revealing the secrets and I might as well do this because we're, we're already this far down the rabbit hole but I want to teach other people to do what I can do because if we have an army of people doing what I can do consciousness and humanity is healing healing all the time and that means that for me I had to have a physical wound it had to be about questioning my own abilities like it takes a lot for me as a Brit to stand up in front of a room full of people as I did on Saturday last Saturday and say I want to change the world because they were important people and my wound is very much about I don't know that I'm valuable I don't know that I can it's like I shared with you um, during our New Year's resolutions kind of show it's like I really need to step into the I'm awesome vibration because um, I am and my, my <laughs> wound but my wound is like you don't step up don't don't step up yeah because um, greed is very ugly um, mm. But aspiration, which is the gift frequency of the 54, is very much, I'm allowed to want more. And Well, there's different energies attached to both of those. It's still the same thing, but it's, I mean, but it's not. No. And aspiration is like, I want more to be of service. Mm. I want more. And it, it, there's such an unhealthy culture about money in our world. But money is just a resource that facilitates everything else. And for me, I spoke about it before. I can't remember when, but I spoke about money, food, and oh, on our my life's chaotic um, podcast a few episodes ago. Um, money, love, and food—they're all the same thing. They are the resources that make this planet flow. And I've had massive difficulties with all three. It's like I've had to understand how to receive the energetic realities: money, love, and food. And I think for me. I'm not there yet, mm -hmm. fully, because um, I still do get sick at times. I'm not quite receiving love easily yet, and money will come, I'm sure. Um, but that getting me to be in the place where I can receive, genuinely, wholeheartedly receive from the universe, is that next step for me. Um, and that the only reason I know any of that, and the only reason I can understand any of that, is because I have worked so long on my gene keys just contemplating them reflecting on what they mean and all of that to understand that this is my life i had to be wounded physically i had to go through all of this because i'm learning something that is going to ultimately be of service to the whole mm. 
and I can look at my triggers and I've got a lot of third lines in my um, Venus sequence, which means that I can run away from stuff. Like I'm very kind of um, evasive, like you, know, you can't pin me down. Like, and, and that does come up. But for me, my trigger point is actually the sixth gate, which is all to do with boundaries being overstepped. So you and I have done a lot of work for me and just you coaching me on how my boundaries have been overstepped. When am I allowed to say no? to things and that's been a huge part of my journey because particularly given what I've been through and then you go into sort of eating disorder institutions you're not allowed to say no when it comes to your body when you've been through what I've been through and you were misdiagnosed as I was I was not allowed to say I can't do this I don't want to do this I was not I was never allowed a no for a lot of my life and you can think about that in terms of the marrying maiden kind of archetypes as well you can think about I'm not allowed to say no um and that for me reclaiming my no has been and still is a process because it's a paradox as I said last week it's or the week before I can't remember but there is that I need to reclaim my no but also be really willing to say yes to the universe and you the back to shadow is the gift it's the same thing if you can't say no you also can't say yes and I really want people who are practicing boundaries to know this you if you can't say no you can't fully receive so all of that. Damn, this is like turned into a massive transmission on all things. No, I love healing. it. No, I love the, if you can't say no, you can't say yes. Yeah. That's, that's big. Mm, let, let that one land, everybody. Well, and just to be clear to people, we don't plan this stuff. This stuff just comes out of me when we're talking, and I've never even thought that through before. So this happens in my coaching as well. It's like revelations occur and I'm like oh wow that's gold I should write that down <laughs> I should write that down it's part of the reason why we started doing There's the podcast a whole, actually you've written a whole book it's just all out in the ether it, and it not writes. written on paper exactly <laughs> and it's like this is part of the reason why we decided to do a podcast it's because when we are in discussion stuff happens and for people who are um, thinking along the human design lines there's a reason why me as a generator love having you as a manifester because I just respond to stuff like I can't just fictionalize something out of thin air and actually we should bring this onto the pearl and I can do this together so you know this is a conversation like if I was doing a solo cast podcast it would be terrible because I'd be like I have all this information I'm gonna but this is me exchanging energetically with you Mm -hmm. in response and that's when the gold comes out you know I'm I'm don't yeah it's a process but speaking of gold coming out the final sequence that is it's not quite the final sequence but it we'll call it the final sequence for gene keys is the pearl sequence and it's all about abundance and prosperity and that doesn't necessarily mean making money it just means how to access wealth and receiving and I'm actually currently in the live pro process that is the online healing retreat for um, the, the pearl sequence it's the online pearl sequence retreat and it's like taking people through their pearl which is interesting given that I'm talking about this final element of really receiving because in order to make money you have to be able to receive and so the pearl is very much about how you're here to receive abundance and it's all about branding how you build the network that you're having around you but the pearl the actual pearl gate used to very originally and I think it helps people understand what this is it used to be called the release of miracles which is like oh, suddenly everything's flowing. And the reason I don't talk about the pearl sequence to people too much, particularly business people, is because it's an emergent property of doing the other stuff. Like flow and being in tune with the environment, sort out your wounding, work on your issues, deal with your trauma, 
flow as an emergent property. So I'm not really worried about it. I mean, ironically, my pearl is the 22. There is a reason my brace and I are connected. <laughs> like we, are, we have a lot of these things. So that grace is how I um, allow for stuff to flow by being completely in honor of who I am and all the things we spoke about for you. So for me, the evolution has been, how do I get to a point where I'm showing up in this universe, honoring everything that I can be? And you can see how that ties to my 54 when I'm like, no, you can't want more, you can't want more. And the universe is calling me to a big existence. I'm like, oh no, you have to step into the big existence, not dishonoring who you are and who you are is massively aspirational. Mm. One of the things that I run into that I get a little confused about, maybe you can help me clear this mm. up, is that I feel like like the, the, I don't know if it's the gift and the wound, but it's the wound and one other aspect of Gene Keys. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like a paradox. Mm. It's like you can't, it's almost like you're running in a, in a circle. It's like you need the pain to enjoy the thing. It's like the sweet and sour thing. You need the mm-hmm. pain to learn the lesson, mm-hmm. but then the lesson brings you back to the pain, and then the pain teaches you another lesson, and that lesson brings you back to the pain. And it just, you can't escape this constant battle with yourself. It's like you're always in battle. And the more that you learn and the more that you no, the more evident the battle is for you <laughs> yeah. instead of just giving in to one way or the other. Mm. Um, is this making, is this yeah, making sense? Yeah, I think this is, the, it's, so it's, it's the wound that you're talking about. It's like the wound never goes away. You don't, right. this is not a wound from which you heal. It's a wound from which you learn. And it's the point <clears throat> of your incarnation. And this is the bit that humans hate. This is when people get triggered and this is how I use it in coaching. Cause right, because like, I'm, fr- I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I just want to fix I just want to fix. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing about Christ, and this is really important for you to learn because I think it comes a little bit from your wounding. It's like, you're not here to fix, you're here to forgive. So mm. it's not that you yeah. need to fix the wounding, it's that you need to accept that you're Allow. human, therefore you are wounded. There is no kind of you know, getting, get, a, get yeah. out of jail free card. And what a, what a, I mean, just speaking of Jesus, I mean, what a perfect example of just allowing people to be who they are. Mm. I mean, he never, excuse the phrase, got shitty with anybody except the guys that were, you know, in the temple, disgracing yes, the temple. Disgracing the temple. And it's. And like, other than that, he was like, hey, you're you. You're a leper. You are a prostitute. You are a tax collector. You are a fisherman. Mm. You are, you know, mm. uh, uh, a carpenter. Well, and it's and like actually, everybody was just okay as they were, and he just accepted mm. and you can think of people with this like allowed. archetype in, in life yeah. as well like princess diana is very christ consciousness-esque she's very kind of like just like accepted everybody you are very like this mm-hmm. you, you don't meet people with this when you're in your center yeah you don't meet people with fear of like oh you're super famous or you're really rich or you're an idiot or you're you just receive people how they show up show up yeah and also people with this the 22 very much just um people will tell you anything people will just walk in and just go and just tell you stuff because it's like you have the vibration in your aura of i can receive your truth and i'm not going to judge it's a very 22 thing the, the trick is to give it to yourself 
Mm, and that's be. and that's the rub for me. Mm. Like everyone else, yes, man, bring it. Yeah. I love you guys. And you don't give yourself the grace to fuck up. Excuse my friend. <laughs> but it's good. It's really good to be aware of that. Mm. That I don't give myself that grace. So when I'm not, mm. I can either hopefully remind myself, mm. or I surround myself with people who are like, hey, yeah. pay attention. And it's a big part of like the way like, we run oh. our business as well. It's like you go through these phases of feeling like there's something wrong with you that is not helping me. And I'm like, dude, this is, I love you. Like there's no, I need you to be this person. Like the reason I've chosen to be in business with you is because you are the person that I want to be in business with. Mm -hmm. Not some miraculous version of you that is the future person that might be good when he's learned how to do X, Y, Z, (laughs) but you. Because the way our designs work and the way our gene keys work is that there's an integration that is beautifully perfect. Like your pearl is the 33, which is my life's work. Mm. So there's so many synergies. Not that I knew, I didn't like, (laughs) I didn't Google all of this and then think, right, I need to find the person with this. It just is natural. And that's the thing that I want to kind of start to close out this podcast with. You can study this. You can live in it like I have. You can become completely aware of all of the dynamics of human design. You can contemplate philosophy till the cows come home. But this is natural the closer you can get to your authentic self. It's why we called our company Unveil, because we don't believe that we're fixing anybody. Even our high performers, we're not trying to get them to the next level of their incarnation. We're not trying to push them to optimization. While we're tra- and really, although we use the word transformation, we're not trying to transform them. We're trying to bring them back home. Yep, that's exactly right. And that is the secret to all of this. You don't need to know your gene keys. You don't need to know even what time you were born if you don't know what time you were born. Just focus on how to get back home and how to decrease. And we'll get, go into this way more next time. But how to take the essence and get back to it. Because ultimately, the only reason why these things exist is because, like I was saying earlier, we humans fuck ourselves up or get fucked up by life. I need to really put an explicit warning on this podcast. <laughs> um, but ultimately, coming back home isn't a hard process. It's the most natural thing you can do. But everything that's in your way of coming back home, mm-hmm. that's why we recommend having coaches. I love it. And this, and it's so it's so interesting and I don't know if this is part of human design or G keys or, or whatever, <laughs> but one of our colleagues who is a, a really popular, famous coach, she told me, she's like, I wish that I could see my life the way Brace sees my life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see. And it's so easy for me to step into. I see everyone's life for what it could be mm. what I know they know they have the ability to get to but they don't know how to get there I see it for them and that I empower them to get to that place mm. because it because it is there and if you can't hear the conviction in my mm-hmm. voice right now then you're not really L- listening. listening yeah and the, the really super interesting thing is brace that the the challenge that you've had sometimes with your coaching is the 22. It's like, how can you see what's possible at the same time as honoring exactly where they are? Exactly. Which is this paradox that right. I keep... Hating on. 
<laughs> but it's it's absolutely there, and it's like, and this is my one of been my been one of my biggest challenges. I can see who people are and how different that is to how they're showing up, and that I like. It's how do we forgive, honor, aspire with and aspire to rather than be come on why aren't you over here this is possible get here mm. it's it's just and it, it is a bit circular you are right it is like we're never going to get escape the human machine like I, like as far as i'm aware like we're never going to escape being humans so we may as well be humans authentically and show up as who we actually are and who we're supposed to be mm. because what is the point of doing all of this if you're doing it as someone else and these tools just take you back back closer and closer and closer towards yourself. It's like, imagine moving through your life more authentically mm -hmm. you without mm -hmm. all the extra mm. stuff. Mm. And I just Man, decided... how, I, like, marching up a hill with a, a, a huge, you know, 75-pound backpack, backpack, or let's put the backpack down, let's just grab the bottle of water and then walk up the hill. Right. Oh my gosh, how much easier is it? And yeah, really it's still a hill, to, but oh my, yeah, so much better. So, I mean, and I really just want to highlight that if you feel like you're on the top of a hill because you're super externally successful and you've got the company or you're making the seven figures or whatever. Turn around and look behind you because well, there's another hill. <laughs> ooh, that, but also one, are you at the top of the right hill? Ooh. And two, how does it feel to be at the top of that hill? Because if you're not at the top of that hill mm. feeling at home, yeah. You're not at the top of the hill, really. You're at the top of what you think is the hill. Or so what society has told you should hill. be the top of the hill. And this is why it's sometimes difficult to convince high-achieving people that they need coaching and to do this kind of work. It's like, well, yeah, you're successful, but are you at home and successful? And that's where I think, you know, all of our stuff comes in. It's like, I really want an empowered world of really super successful people who are themselves unsuccessful. Yes. That was a deep sigh. I know. I that, know. Was, that, was a, that was a deep sigh. Well, it, it's it's been a lot. It's been a huge uh, learning episode for me as well. Mm. Um, and thank you for moving with me as I kind mm. of philosophized and mm. asked questions and, and, and all the thing. But there's just so many beautiful. And again, this is the part that really stands out for me is like how many parallels uh, mm. there are with so many spiritual, emotional, religious mm you know, disciplines mm. that are out there with gene keys mm -hmm. and how much gene keys can add to what you may have already have experienced in life or, or, mm. or, uh, have a grasp on. Mm. This will just take it to the next level or mm. start you on the journey. Mm, mm. And if you're getting into gene keys and you're like, I have no idea what any of this means, that's a common thing. Mm -hmm drop the conscious mind and just read. It doesn't matter if you just read one, two, three, four in order, you're getting something because it's an energetic transmission. It's not something that your brain has to wrap itself around. Your heart wraps around it, actually. Mm -hmm. Your heart does. Mm -hmm. It really does. Mm. Man, yeah, mm. this was this was a good one. And then we've still got one more episode on how to move all of this together and have it flow uh, in your life. Mm. That is going to be next week. Mm -hmm. Very excited about that. 
guys, if you have any questions for us, or uh, I know you're going to drop some links into There'll be stuff the, in the show yep. notes, but if you have any direct questions, you can send us a DM on Instagram, a message on Facebook. You can email us, podcast at unveilenterprises.com. If you want to dig more into this, um, I can do readings that's not primarily what i'm doing but if people are burning and they they can sell me on why i should give you a human design reading and a jinkies <laughs> reading i yeah. absolutely do that um and yeah the 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 trick is to just start to contemplate buy the book it's on amazon this is not like a difficult get so yeah awesome and, and, and i think richard has you know youtube videos where he oh just, my goodness. Go, just sits go and philosophizes yeah. yeah he's yeah. it's really like lovely and amazing to watch it's just and he's a lovely british gentleman yes he is so he's got a very nice accent awesome that. yes <laughs> very good all right guys but for now my name is brace harris and i am victoria fenton and we are i'm Vail.